Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery Show. Hanging out in the studios. One more hour to go. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps I catch on the go. Social media at 929 the game. I'm at JMCH316. He's at GCHAP ATL on uh Garrett's personal Twitter page. That's a lot to take in. Um it's a lot of words, a lot of letters, and it's not that bad. It's like Mike Bell ATL. That's who I took it after. Yeah, but it, it G Chap ATL, right? But again, it's not Garrett Chapman. It's G Chap. Well, Garrett Chapman is it's just it's that's a long one. Yeah, I understand. I understand. So anyway, uh. we've got a dopey, dopey millennial producer um, in studio. And and by the way, your your buddy Caleb is like, oh, it, it's a it's a good enough offer, you know, for the Pascal Siakam thing. Yeah, it's not. Just listen. Here's what Caleb needs to do. He needs to apologize to me because. I said at draft night they were going to run it back, and that's what they've done. So, again, he can apologize. So far. Yeah, he can apologize. So well, again, he needs to apologize as of now. So it's it's already middle of August. Well, this season hasn't started. Yeah, okay. It, you, so the, the, the Hawks are coming up with their miracle move, huh? All I right. didn't say that. Listen. I said that. No, I'm saying that the, the season hasn't started yet, so a lot of things can happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of things can happen. Sure. sure. We've still this, got, what, 90 I mean, days I, I in the mean, shortest offseason I mean, of professional this ownership. Sport. This ownership group has shown you a lot about the idea of they want to add payroll, get in the luxury tax, make They're going to go for it moves. one of these days, right? Yeah, they will. One of these days. Right, when I die. That's when the, that's when they'll go for it, which may be soon. So, by the way, did you also see who uh, had a pretty good performance last night? Michael Soroka down at uh, Gwinnett. 7 innings, 3 hits, no runs, uh 1 walk and 8 strikeouts. Can I ask a dumb question? Okay? Can, can we stop with the Yanni Shiranos experiments and those kinds of things? Why is Michael Soroka not getting Major League starts? I, I question this whole thing about why they sent him back down. Can we stop with anybody but Michael Soroka making starts at the, you know, why is he not making every fifth day? Again, I, I don't have a problem with Morton, Freed, you know, all that. There's no reason for anybody else but Michael Soroka. Like, how's he going to get better? How does he get better at this point? Either he's going to be part of the Braves moving forward or just DFA him or trade him or something. But what's the point of keeping him down in Gwinnett? Well, he's working on some things. This guy was one of the best young pitchers just a few years ago. One of the best young pitchers. If there isn't a physical ailment that's holding him back, put him up every fifth day. 
He has to be better than Yanni Shirinos or whoever. I mean, again, any vagabond that you put up there. Either he's going to figure it out at the major league level or he's not, or he's not going to be part of the plan. And by the way, are they going to offer him arbitration again this offseason? Like, what, what's going to be the long-term prognosis of Michael Soroka? Is he going to get an arbitration offer? Like, at what point do you, do you say, okay, I mean, he's either got to be up here with the big club or not. You're probably not going to have Morton more than just the, the one year that's left on his deal. You may not have Max Freed after next year. So, again, is he going to be part of the actual long-term solution, or are we going to have to go out and get another starter? I, I, I don't understand. Like, again, it's great that he – seven innings and eight strikeouts and three hits. It's great that he's doing it for Gwinnett. Great, great that he's doing it for Buford. Now let me see him do it up in Atlanta. Let's, let's, let, him, let's let him get starts up in Atlanta. Uh, 404-726-0929. Let's grab Ed. What's going on, Ed? Hey, John. Sorry, I know you were just talking about the Braves, but I want to chime in on your Hawks discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, John, I completely agree with you. I mean, Wrestler has shown no desire to go in the luxury tax. I know last year he made the comment, what, that we don't fear it or whatever, but it it just seems to me like they're running this like a business. You got Trey, State Farm is full. Um, you know, I, you know, they're not going to get Siakam or anybody like that. You know, they're just going to kind of keep running the books as they can. And I, I don't know if you know, you disagree, but I, I just don't see this ownership going all in and getting, you know, another max guy. Well, I, I, I feel like, I, I feel like that they, that their thought process is when everything is perfect. That's when we'll get in the luxury tax. When everything right, is exactly. just when everything is just right, and we've got everybody and everything that we need, then we'll get in the luxury tax. Well, guess what? I mean, and it's not ever always perfect. It's never it's never that way. I mean, again, there's always flaws and warts. I don't care if you take the best team; there's always flaws and warts and stuff. But at some point, you have to roll the dice. I mean, again, we're, we're you know people are talking about the idea of. You know, well, will Trey ask out? Well, Trey won't ask out if we're winning and we're a great franchise. He's not going to ask out. He's making super max money. He ain't going to ask out if we're a competitive organization and we're a good, you know, a top three or four team in the East that can contend for a title. He will ask out if we kind of penny pinch and, you know, we end up not putting together a roster that's, you know, surrounding him for what his talents are. Exactly, John. And when they launched Herder before last year for – basically nothing and admitted they dumped him to stay under the tax. I mean, you had heard him last year. You probably win another four or five games. I mean, that's the kind of guy you need to build on and then get a max player. You know, they just, you yeah. know, they just chucked them and, you know, Sacramento's happy they got him. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Ed. I mean, look, anybody that thinks that the Kevin Herter move was basketball related, is crazy. Uh, again, why did you offer him $64 million if it was basketball-related? Why, why did you offer him the contract to start with? Why did you offer DeAndre Hunter? Again, if you don't think that Hunter is, uh, you know, at the level of becoming a, a star type of player, don't give him $90 million. Don't give him $90 million. 
You know, you can make a mistake if you have to. But, again, overpaying for some of these guys, and, again, they've they've paid guys well. They, they've given Capella and Collins and Hunter and, uh, you know, Herter and, you know, guys like that. I mean, they've given them good money. There hadn't been enough in return. And now we go into penny-pinching mode where it's like, okay, we, you know, well, we – we can't give them the luxury tax until everything – we don't fear the luxury tax, but everything has to be perfect before we get into it. Okay, well, when is that time? When is that time? And by the way, too, you know, this this whole idea that everything was on Nate McMillan's shoulders and all his fault, you're lying to yourself if you think that that was 100% of the reason. I, I know it's a definite part of the reason, but you're lying to yourself if you think it's 100% part of the reason. And not everything's going to – just because we have a new coach doesn't mean everything's going to work out perfectly and it's just going to be all hunky-dory. But, again, this idea that we just have to wait for everything to fall in line for us to have this perfect team and then we can get into the luxury. Then we don't fear the luxury tax. You mean to tell me that that there's been basketball-related moves for this franchise? That they're looking at this from a basketball perspective? Herder, Collins, you mean that they looked at all of this in a basketball perspective and they said, you know what? Those guys can't do what we need. We can't coach them up. They don't fit with what we want to do. You think that's what this has been? You think really and truly that this has been all about the basketball and not about the idea of, and, and look, there's a lot of owners that don't want to get into the luxury tax, especially with the way this new CBA is and the luxury tax penalties and all this kind of I get it. I understand. And I don't want to be in the luxury tax just to say we're in the luxury tax. But when you have a super max player on your roster, which there's what, a dozen of those guys? When you have a super max guy on your roster eating up, you know, somewhere between, you know, almost a third of the cap before you get in the luxury tax, it's hard to not be in the luxury tax. You know, I know Miami doesn't have, you know, they don't, they don't are in the luxury tax, but again, they don't have a super max player. Jimmy Butler's paid well. He ain't a super max guy. And now you've just added another max contract player, max extension for what the Hawks could offer. It's hard to build a roster without dipping your toe in those waters. I'm not saying you go neck deep into it. I'm not saying you get yourself up to your chin in that kind of water. But you're gonna have to get into your ankles. You're gonna you're gonna have to get up to your ankles or your, you know, knees or what have you to put together the kind of roster that you want. And right now, our hesitancy is we, we we've been very hesitant about the idea of going into those kind of waters, getting into any kind of those waters. And certainly if you have Siakam, look, I mean, again, he may be a rental, but if you think that that's the move. If you really think that that's the move to put you over the top, do it. If you, if you truly believe that's the move to make that puts you over the top, knowing everything that you know, knowing everything that he has said, knowing everything that his brother has said, everybody knows this. But if you think that's the move, then make an offer that somebody can't refuse. Make make them an offer that they can't refuse. If you think that this is the piece that you have to have, or otherwise, don't dip your toe into it. 
Don't even don't even get into it. If you're not going to be serious about trying to make a move like that, don't get into it. You don't have to go. You don't have to offer up trades and stuff just for the sake of you know going fantasy basketball idea. You don't have to offer up those kinds of deals. If you believe that that's the move to make, then make that move. Do it. But if not, then what are we doing? Monkeying around? Because again, we're I don't know a month and a half from training camp before it starts and it opens up. And I'm looking around and saying, well, what's left? What's left out there in the marketplace? What, 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 what's our next move? Or what do we got left? Or who's out there? Or whatever. And I'm sure that they'll make a move, you know, again, the end of the bench type of move or things like that. But I, And we talked about this earlier on in the show, just the idea of the Hawks are linked to every trade imaginable in the NBA right now. There's not a player that's left on – the marketplace that's involved in a trade that the Hawks aren't supposedly discussed in. I don't care if it's Siakam. I don't care if it's Paul George. Like, this is all pie-in-the-sky stuff. It's all pie-in-the-sky. Sounds great. Yeah, we make this, we do this, and all that. And I'm not telling you some of those trades are very smart. They're not. They're, some of those trades aren't very smart for the player that we're getting back. But at the same time, either we're going to make a move or just we'll run it back. At least tell us that we're going to run it back. Heck, if, if nothing else, just tell us that, hey, you know what? We're going to run that. We, we think with our coaching, we can fix all of our issues. Because that's what you're saying is that you, you're fixing all of your issues by changing your coach. Okay. Let's see what happens from there. So, again, we'll see what happens at the end of the day. Garrett's more optimistic than I am. So, yeah. He's he no and and then again your 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 buddy out here your dopey millennial. Your I other, didn't say other, I'm your more other, optimistic. Your other, your other guy I said that I said the your, your, off season your, your other guy, isn't the other guy, over. Caleb, the other guy Caleb sends me a paragraph you know trying to rationalize all. This I said this stuff. off season isn't over. That's all I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't say that they they will or won't make right, a move. Right. I said I have become increasingly by, doubtful by that the, they by do. By the time it's all said and done, we'll have Paul George and Pascal Siakam. Yeah, and LeBron James is also yes, coming here exactly. too. Yep, yep, and the reincarnation of. Uh, of Michael Jordan in a, in a basketball uniform is also going to be coming back here. Yeah. And, then, then, your and guy, then we're going to win the, the next five the, NBA titles. Then your and guy blah, Caleb blah, blah, sends blah. me a text about war and peace. <laughs> anyway. All right. We'll talk about the Falcons when we get back. Chuck Green, the Key Studios. Sports Radio, not for the game. Odyssey.com. Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuck Green Show. Hanging out in the Key Studios on this Sunday afternoon with you. Headed toward the top of the hour. I'm guessing Abe is coming up next. There you go. 404-726-0929. That's both our phone line and our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. If you want to jump in this Falcons conversation, we can take your thoughts about what you saw on uh, Friday night. You know, I said on Thursday um, that the things that I was looking for were that I, I really wanted to just see if things were different, if things looked different, if it looked like that we had talent, if it looked like that we had some players, if it looked like it was going to be different, I just wanted to see it be different. And I think we got that. You know, I think that we saw that. I, I know it was going to be vanilla and bland and milk toast and all these different kinds of things. And obviously our starters, by and large, did not play. We didn't have very much in the way of guys that, you know, were going to make – 
meaningful contributions. You know, a few here and there. We'll talk about that in a second. But I just wanted it to look and feel different. And I think that that happened. I think that happened for this team. You know, you saw the defense. Say what you will, but, you know, the and, and I had people on Twitter saying, well, you know, they were playing against backup guys and all that. Okay, well, our backups, if, if they look better than their backups, isn't that a good sign? I mean, isn't that something that you want to see? I mean, five sacks, four turnovers, you know, three times when Miami was in the red zone, they couldn't put up any points. I mean, that's all the things we wanted to see. I'm not telling you how that's going to translate into the regular season, but you have to feel like that, okay, this was a good first step for what's to come. I don't know what it's going to ultimately end up being, but if we can get some things out of our backups, imagine what we can get out of our first string. You know, again, we had four turnovers. We had multiple interceptions. You don't think Jerry Gray is coaching those guys up? I've said I think the best addition to this Falcons team overall period is Jerry Gray. I think that's the So you think that Jerry Gray isn't going to have an influence on whether it's Jeff Okuda, A.J. Terrell, Jesse Bates, Richie Grant, Jalen Hawkins, when, when we get to start seeing some of those guys? You don't think he's going to have any influence? One of the best defensive backs coaches, defensive coaches in the NFL over the last decade plus. You don't think he's going to have an influence? It's already influenced our backup guys. It's already influenced our second stringers. You don't think it can have an influence on our first stringers? So that's the things that I was looking for. You know, again, Ryan Nielsen coaching the defense. I I wanted to see, could we win some one-on-ones? Could we attack? Okay, we got some of that. I don't don't care what quarterback it is. And I heard some guys say, well, you know, these guys aren't going to play in the NFL in a few weeks. Okay, Ebba Cady's going to play in the NFL in a few weeks. D. Alford's going to play in the NFL in a few weeks. Helms is going to play in the NFL in a few weeks. Those guys all be here. You know, would you rather have Ebba Cady look lost and, and get pushed around on the field, or would you rather have him making plays and, and being out there and being aggressive and, and, you know, doing really well on the football field? I'd rather have him doing well. I don't care who it's against. I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's 13-year-olds you put on the field. I'd rather have him play well. And, and, you know, be an impact player. So I thought it was all good from that standpoint. Yeah, again, they – even Arthur Smith talked about it. We played the clip earlier. Yeah, you got to clean some things up, right? They didn't tackle all that well. Now, part of that's the fact that you haven't really played too much against anybody. Yeah, you got some of your backups in there, you know, several of your backups in there. But, like, for instance – I'll, I'll I'll give a little bit of credit to Jalen Mayfield, a guy that I've not given much of any credit to. Jalen Mayfield had a couple plays where when you asked him to do some of those things that you asked him to do a couple of years ago, he got lost. But when you asked Jalen Mayfield to go north and south and push people around, he was okay. He was good enough. Right? I mean, you know, again, you ask him to – defend against you know, or, or try to block speed guys coming off the edge and, you know, facing stunts and all these kinds of things, yeah, you're going to put them in a disadvantage. But you ask him to go north and south and run behind his side of the line of scrimmage, okay, he looks like he can be competent. And that's all I'm asking for. I, I was I, My question was, can Jalen Mayfield look like he belongs in the NFL? That literally that simple. Does he look like a guy who belongs in the NFL? 
Well, again, I, I think that that was a good first step. Now, I will say I was a little bit disappointed um, and the one guy that did not play was Matthew Bergeron that that did not get some snaps or some reps, uh, you know, in. I definitely wanted to see him. Uh, I was glad to see Zach Harrison get some time in. And look, at times he made some good plays and he blew up that one play in the backfield. But at times he also looked like he was kind of lost on the football field. That's that's not anything to be, you know, not, nothing crazy. I, I expect some of that, you know. Guys are going to have their moments where – they look like that they're all-world NFL players, and they look like they don't belong on a football field. That 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 happens with rookies. You know, not everybody acclimates as quickly as some other guys. But I, I thought, by and large, that the Falcons did what they had to do. They were good in the red zone. They created pressure on the other team's quarterback. They created turnovers, and we talked specifically about this the other night. We literally talked about this the other night. Is that one of the big areas that the Falcons can improve in? is they're standing on turnovers. That there's no reason why they can't be a better franchise turnovers. 2020, um, they finished 17th in the NFL at turnovers per game. Last In 2021, I should say, they were 19th in the NFL in turnovers per game. And last year, they were 26th in the NFL in turnovers per game. Only giving up, only creating, I should say, one takeaway per game, 17 turnovers, in a 17-game schedule, that number can improve. And, and even the top teams were only like 1, 1.7, 1.8 or whatever like that. And you say, well, you know, what's what's a half a turnover in a game, you know, or, or, or per game? Well, over the course of a season, that half turnover per game is eight and a half turnovers. So it's eight or nine turnovers. You mean to tell me if you don't create an additional eight or nine turnovers, you can't influence an NFL game? When most of the games are played as one-score games, you you get an you get a, an additional eight or nine turnovers over the course of a season. You don't think that influences a game, huh? So that's what it's about, and, and I think the turnovers is symptomatic of not just having your guys go out there and catch passes, you know, catch interceptions and things like that, but putting the other team at a disadvantage, making them one-dimensional, creating specific plays where you're going to have to drop back and throw it. You know, the idea of creating pressure where you're pressuring quarterbacks and forcing them into getting rid of the football earlier or making bad decisions or what have you. Now, again, it's not about you can practice specific plays to, you know, create turnovers, but you can put pressure on an offense and put them in situations that they're not comfortable in and kind of force their hand and make them – make them have to respond. So I thought all of the things that we saw from this team were good first steps. Now, we'll see what everything looks like come Friday night. The starters will get a chance to play. I don't know I don't know how long anybody's going to play. Maybe again, I think that come the third game you're not going to see anybody play. I think I think the third game will be treated just like the first game. But we'll see some of these guys start next week. We'll see them on Friday come playing against Cincinnati. We'll we'll see Desmond Ritter and some of these guys. I don't like I said, I don't know how long it's going to be. And I I certainly don't think that we're going to see anybody come the third game as well. It's not going to be anybody that's going to be of any kind of merit. We're not going to see Pitts and London most likely and probably not Desmond Ritter as well. But that's okay. We'll see him for a little bit here in game number 2. We'll see what they can do. You know, Cincinnati's obviously looked at as one of the best teams in the NFL. That's if Joe Burrow is healthy and ready to go. 
right? They're looked at as being one of the best teams in the league. So we'll see what, you know, what we look like competition-wise. I don't even know if Burrow's going to play. I don't know how long he's going to be out for or what have you. But, you know, obviously, you know, that injury a couple of weeks ago, you know, again, hampered him, and certainly we'll, we'll figure out Friday night. But certainly they have a lot of talent on that football team. Certainly they're one of the better teams in the AFC. So it'll be good competition, and we'll get a chance to see what our starters can do. But if our, if our coaching can influence some of these backups, there's no reason not to think that they can't influence some of the starters that we have. The Jerry Grays and, you know, again, um, Ryan Nielsen and obviously Arthur Smith. I mean, you know, and, and it'll be fun. I mean, we'll get to see Bijan Robinson and Desmond Ritter. I've said, I mean, if Desmond Ritter played on Friday, I want to see him throw the football. And, I, and I'll give credit that they let Logan Woodside um, throw the football around a decent amount. You know, 23, I mean, say what you will, 23 attempts in a game like that in the first preseason game, that's actually a decent amount of attempts for a quarterback like that who's really not known for his passing acumen. Um, I know he created a lot of yards at Toledo, but not known for his NFL passing acumen. So I hope that we get a chance to see Desmond Ritter throw the football a little bit, and I hope we get a chance to see him maybe take a couple of deep shots with some of our guys and just kind of air it on. Have, you know, again, not any kind of intricate offense or anything like that or dramatic schemes or anything like that. Just send somebody on a go route and let's throw it up to him. Send, uh, send you know, even Scotty Miller on a go route and let's just throw it up to him, see what we got. Or Matt Collis, let's see what we've got. You know, let's just kind of take it for what it is. But I thought it was all good first steps for this team. I thought the offensive line, the backups played pretty well. I thought their defensive line, you know, played pretty well. I mean, short of a few of those gash runs that they had. But, again, I'm not – I'm not as concerned about that. It was a bend-don't-break type of defensive scheme, and they just, when, when they got tightened down and they got in the red zone, Falcons made some plays, whether it's interceptions or passes defended, whatever. Obviously, D. Alford is a guy that, you know, I'm interested to see. Is he going to be the punt return guy? Is he going to get more opportunity? Is it going to be Penny Hart or something like that? I, think, I don't think it's going to be Sexton, but um, could D. Alford find himself into the punt return team? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, again, that's one of those things where if you find the right guy and maybe Alford is a guy like that, hey, listen, you know, if you can, Arthur Smith talked about the idea of picking up an extra first down, right? If you can, if you can pick up an extra first down because your punt returner, you know, shortens up the field just a little bit, it's all good news. So, again, I'm happy with what the Falcons did in that game. Um, you know, we'll obviously see Taylor Heineke, you know, as well um, in the next game. We'll see what, what he's got. But I think all things considered, I'm happy with what the results were. I'm happy with what the defense looked like. I'm happy with what our offensive line could do. You know, we ran the football pretty decently. That's, that's you know, I, I thought the wide receivers, or, or pa- I should say not wide receivers, but pass catchers as a group, thought they did a good job of catching the ball in traffic at times where they had you know, a crowd of people around them. thought they did a pretty good job of catching some balls in traffic. So, again, we'll have a better understanding of, of some, a little bit of things. You know, we'll see, see if this translates a little bit to the first team. And obviously we won't know for probably the first month of the season what this defense is going to start looking like and round itself into form. We probably won't know for at least the first month what we're ultimately going to be defensively. 
But if this was the first step in all of that, I'm happy. Again, even on backups, five sacks and four turnovers, that's what you wanted to see. And only giving up, you know, three points. Again, I don't care if it was Sandlot teams or backups in the NFL. If our backups are better than their backups, that's at least a good sign. If at least we look like we were coached better than we have been in years past, that's also a good sign. All right, we'll have a little bit of fun here before we get back. Top of the hour, it's going to be Abe Gordon, Chuck Reed in the Key Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. What, is this a blank space? That yes, this? sir. Okay. I figure you're, you love the uh, you love the, the teenage girl music. So yeah, yeah. I figured I might as well throw some Taylor yeah. Swift your way. Yeah. But are you impressed that I knew what this song was? No, this is a this is a top forty song that was a that yeah, it was, was a like, big number one hit. Yeah, it ruled the charts for like yeah. Well, she three uh, months. So you know, again, not uh, really uh, impressed a, is not the right word. Well, I mean, again, well, I guess for for a, a man of right, your stature, for a fifty one year old, fifty one year old man. Yeah. I mean, I would assume yeah, that's actually pretty again, good. Again, she she announced about you a week in your weight class, right? Yeah, we got it. She announced about a week or so ago that uh, at her concert that um, her version of nineteen eighty nine um, was going to be released in October, I believe it is. You know how she's re- another brilliant marketing move by well, her. Yeah, I mean, you know how she's re-recording all of her albums because she wants to own her masters. Yeah, she wants because she doesn't have the rights or the or whatever. Right. She doesn't own. Owns she it. doesn't own her masters. Yeah, she, but but she but because, but now she will. Well, but because she is the songwriter on her songs, she can record all of her music again because she owns the songs themselves. She doesn't own her masters, and so she's going through and re-recording every album that she did before this current record deal kicked in like her first deal was lover was the first album but she's going in so 89 was like that was her big breakthrough kind of album i mean that kind of crossed her into full on popdom and all that good kind of stuff so she announced that the other day that she's uh um releasing 1989 uh and this was this was the, that was the big hit on on that well that and shake it off i guess uh, as well so uh, again, I know my Taylor Swift music, and again, I have a 14-year-old daughter, so I'm learning a lot about. Uh, Look at you, so, man! So yes, between Iron Maiden and Taylor Swift, you're a man of many talents. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, we can we can talk about all forms of of music and what have you. So we again, we can get into all kinds of depth on on everything like that. So anyway, 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Did you see that? Um, did you see that the uh, uh, Saints are already up 14-0 on the Chefs and Derek Carr led them right down the field on their opening drive? They're was, winning the Super Bowl, right? He was 6 for <laughs> six for 8 for 70 yards with a touchdown touchdown pass. Kamara had uh, 14 yards on three carries, but the Saints marched. They played their starters, and he marched right downfield uh, on their first drive and led him to a touchdown. Oh, boy. And they got off to a 7 and by the way, Mahomes did play. Uh, he did start. Yeah, and he reads a big believer in playing the starters. Yeah, so he uh, he actually played. But, uh, yeah, Derek Carr, 6 for 8 for 70 yards. And uh, they marched right downfield and scored. Yeah, I mean. You, you think that Saints fans Kenny, aren't overreacting to uh, all Kenny of this Kenny Pickett stuff? did the same thing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't I, think I, Saints fans are going to overreact to all of this? See, see, we got our quarterback now. Yeah, Dennis Allen is still their coach. As long as Dennis Allen's their coach, I don't really care about the Saints. Well, again, I, I, I don't. He plays. He plays tight. He plays not to lose. He's not well, a coach that no, I no. want to have Here, on my team. Here's the thing: 
I, I think Derek Carr's a loser. Nah. Oh, come on. Oh, man. Oh, hold on. Hold on. He's not. On. Look, he's a no. fine quarterback. Calling hold him a loser is no, no, no. harsh. No, no. He's a loser. <laughs> he, you, you tell me how the Raiders organization was better their final year or two than from when he first got Because the Raiders are a loser organization. Because he's a loser. Oh, man. The, 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 he's, the, he's a fine on, quarterback. He's a the, fine the, quarterback. Hold on. I, like he's hold a, on. The, the, the Raiders were a loser organization? How many Super Bowls have they been to and won? How many? How many in like? How many in the last like forty years? Yeah, because again, they've had Derek Carr. They, they've had the Derek Carr as a quarterback. Yeah, they haven't figured out. They haven't. They haven't been a relevant franchise for twenty years. Okay, because they've had the Derek Carr as a quarterback. Again, they they their organ their organization's been a. I think it's more that they can't figure out their head coach rather than more than the quarterback. I mean, Derek Carr's fine. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a, 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 a downgrade. Loser. They're, yeah, I mean, look, there are guys who they're, aren't going to get on, it done. He's, he's not a guy who gets it done. Hold on. I think that's what you're saying. What, what's their car ever won? Riddle me that. What, what's he ever won? Look, the best year that they had, he broke his leg, and and that was a that was a bummer. Yeah, year. That 2016 and, he had, and he had to have Connor Cook play quarterback. Yeah, and they fell apart. How, how many playoff years did he have? Oh, what did he have, like three or four, uh, maybe? One, uno. Uh, well, I guess if you if you don't count the 2016 team where he he took to the playoffs, which I guess he got injured yeah. in like week 15 or 14. Yeah, you mean you mean that team apart. that had Khalil Mack and, and Amari Cooper oh, in their prime? Okay, <laughs> I mean you mean yeah. that team? Yeah, and then they had to play Connor Cook. At I didn't realize that the quarterback was the only person who played football. No, no there are a lot of I'm different saying, people who will go out on the team. Hold, hold on, field, man. Khalil Mack in his prime? It was incredible. Oh, okay. He was incredible. Amari Cooper wasn't good. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, didn't really, I'm, I missed I mean, all that. But that's like saying like Matthew Stafford didn't go win the Super Bowl for him and to put put him over the top because they had Aaron Donald. Look, the great great players are great players. I, I I think I just think the term loser for Derek Carr is a little harsh. I'm I'm laying at Dennis Allen's feet. Oh, I just don't. I, I think I, he's a I loser. I don't think Derek Carr is. A, I don't. You think Derek Carr is a winner in this? No, league? I didn't say winner. I said he's a mediocre. He's a mediocre quarterback. He's better than some people yeah, expect. He, he got. He he's got fine. 40, got forty million dollars. Oh yeah, they way overpaid him. I'll tell you yeah, that much. Listen, He's, I mean that listen, he makes way too much that, money. That's, that's good. Uh, listen, that's it's look. Good I'm not to be sitting here. I'm not sitting here laying the wreath on on his head or anything. Like that's not what I'm doing. But I mean, I just think the term "loser" for him is a little hard because you again. What are quarterbacks judged by ultimately? Well, it's wins and losses. I of course get it. it is. Of course, if, whether you win it, whether you win the playoffs or not. Sure. Again, can you tell me how many touchdown passes Terry Bradshaw threw in his career? Not off the top of my head, no. How many it was a different, that's a different era too. But okay, yeah, how many Super Bowls? I'm, I don't did he look win? at him. I don't look at him for the stats. How many Super Bowls did he win? He won a handful. Yeah, he filled up a hand. Actually, it's four. Yeah, yeah. he one, filled he, up almost. He needed, filled. he needed one more finger on there. Four eight. fingers. Yeah, yeah. Again, we we when you play that position, you're judged on whether no, you win I, or whether you lose. I get it. I get it. And it's it's the most unfair thing in sports is the way the quarterback is judged. But look, it's what you sign up for, and I get it. I get it. I mean, he's not going to be a guy who takes him over the top. I, I'm not a believer in the New Orleans not. Saints. I'm not a believer in the New Orleans no, Saints. No, of course not. I don't think they're. I think they're an overrated bunch, and their their defense was the thing they hung their hat on for the last couple of years, and the, and they're now aging out. Alvin Kamara is going to miss the first well, half well, of the season. It well, feels they, like they, four also, games or whatever. They also aged out on their Super Bowl champion quarterback. That's the yes. other thing that they aged out on. I, they should have rebuilt. They should have started the rebuilding process the moment Drew Brees retired. Maybe go for it one year and see what you can do. But then Sean, when Sean Payton left, it's over. Sorry. I'm telling Reset. you, when, when the I, – I still contend to this day. When – what year was it when Jacksonville got to the AFC championship game against the against the uh, the, the um, 
the Patriots. I want to say that was 2017. Was it 17 or 18? Somewhere uh, like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it was 2017. Okay. I want to say it was 17. Because yeah. Drew Brees was, was on all those one-year contracts, right? I mean, he was doing all those one-year types of deals. If I was Shad Khan, when the Jaguars lost the NF, NF, uh, or AFC championship, I would have had a press conference. This is, this is, if I'm Shad Khan, I would have had a press conference and put $84 million of guaranteed money up for two years and said, Drew Brees, come play quarterback for us. Come down here and play quarterback for two years at $84 million, all guaranteed, and I would have had a burlap bag with the dollars, you know the cartoons with the dollar symbol on the burlap bag? I would have had the burlap bag with eighty-four million guaranteed dollars in it, and said, "Come play, come Drew play Brees? for us." Yes, I mean, isn't that tampering? No, no, he was he was under these one-year contracts. He was still he. That'd again, still be tampering. He's still under the contract. I don't care. That's I, tampering. You can't do that. Again, if if he's going to become a free agent, I, well, I don't assuming care. he's a free agent, but he never hit free agency. Well, again, because they always signed him to this one-year yeah, deal, so it would be tampering. Again, you, I get what you're saying. You I get what you're get, saying. You can I get, get around point. all of that. Part uh, of sure. It. Yeah, like the, but again, the Miami I Dolphins. I'd have put $84 million right. on the table and said, come play for us. Come play for us. We had the best young roster in the NFL at that time. They had the best young roster in the NFL. It was really at good. That time. And yeah. then it fell apart. I, actually, yeah. the, the, I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars have had back to back playoff seasons ever, or maybe at least since the oh, 90s. I, I don't think that they ever had back-to-back. I don't know. Maybe maybe in the Mark Brunel days. Back in the 90s, back-to-back playoff early years. 2000s maybe. They, they've The way they fell off. I mean, if you have anybody at quarterback outside of Blake Bortles. Yeah, of course. Holy that, that was crap. The one thing, that, was the, that was the one thing that held them back. They had that whole young roster of that guys. Defense. The Duval defense, man. Ooh, they, they had the, they had they had the Allen Robinsons and they had uh, Leonard Fournette and they had all their they had all their young offensive players. They had a massive talent on defense, and it just all went away because again, when you don't have quarterback play, things go away very quickly. And and again, at some point, those guys start to price themselves out when when the quarterbacks don't play very well. But you know, it's it's I, I would have offered Drew Brees. All that money, I, I'd have offered him everything, and so, um, yeah, we we we've got some things that are going around on here. So, uh, so New Orleans leads seventeen nothing right now. So looks Ooh, they, like they, they kicked a field goal now. Yeah, so it looks like they're, wow, look they're, at that. Looks like they're headed to the Super Bowl. Wow, so they're beating up on the chefs. So they're taking it taking it to the uh, the Kansas City chefs uh, on there. So uh, again, we'll have action coming up on Friday. Uh, Falcons and Bengals from uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That'll be a 5.30 pregame, 7.30 kick. Wes and Dave will have the call for uh, all of that. And, um, you know, we'll see what the, what the Falcons look like here in game two. Again, I, I, I thought it was a good first step for this team. I thought it was a good performance. Um, they had two really good days of practice. Everything that we heard is that the Falcons' defense was taking it to the Miami offense and, uh, they were they were blowing up the Miami offensive line. Talking to D led, uh, they were blowing up the Miami offensive line, and and the you know the scuttlebutt was you know the Miami uh, the Miami folks down there were concerned about what their offensive line was going to look like uh, at the end of the day, and certainly they've got a quarterback that can't afford to to get hit, and they have to put him in bubble wrap and everything. But um, you know it was a good couple of days, good good game down there, and now the Falcons will you know get back at it. And again, we talked about. 
the, the season will be here before you know it. I mean, the season will be here very, very quickly. Uh, by the way, Garrett, are you uh, working any of the games next uh, next week? I the, sure uh, am. For the yeah, I'm doing a, are, are I'm you doing studio on one coverage. of the calls? I'm not on one of the calls. Okay. Um, I am doing. Oh, you're doing all of the pre uh, halftime and post. Yeah, you're doing all of it. So like what you did last year. No, last year it was sidelines. So last year I did the sidelines, and I thought you did some. I thought you did some of the pregame stuff too. No, that was uh, that was uh, uh, Stevie G. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we get confused all the time. Yeah, I still all you, do. All you millennials look alike, so <laughs> all, all we both have that frat star kind of look, you know. Yeah, exactly. We kind of yeah. do with the, yeah, the, like, the hair like, and yeah. the everything like, else. Like you guys wake up. Like you guys wake up at one o'clock in the afternoon. So yeah, that's that's. that's <laughs> I haven't like. like. woken up at yeah. one o'clock look, in the I mean, afternoon. Even in even years. Dom's got look. Even Dom's got a ball cap on, so he can you know hide the messed up hair and everything like that. So yeah, that's what <laughs> all you guys look like. So anyway. <laughs> Um, okay, so you'll be doing all of the uh, pre-posts and yeah for and the Corky Kell man. So. We're really excited about it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, we've got uh, four games coming up on Saturday. We got a game on Wednesday, game on Thursday. Then Falcons obviously take over on Friday, and then we have four games that are coming up. And I think uh, I've heard like Dylon is going to be on one of the broadcasts. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Dylan's Sam, doing one. I think Harper. Uh, we've got a cavalcade of stars. Chris Goforth's out there. Okay. And we got a whole crew, man. So we've got a cavalcade. Eric caval- Slaughter, I think, is doing one. Nice. It's okay. going to be a lot of so fun. We've, so we've got a real cavalcade of stars that are. Mike Conti's doing one. Really? And Jason Longshore. Yeah, they're calling one, I think, on a Wednesday or Thursday. Re- so they're calling either the Wednesday or Thursday game? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't know it was Connie. 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 Mike, Mike Connie. Mike, uh, Mike Connie. With Jason Longshore. Wow. Okay. Trading in their uh, soccer cleats for a football helmet. Well, he does, you know, high school. Uh, Jason does high school stuff. Yeah. No, so, Jason does. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Mike's doing the other call. I wonder which game that is. I don't remember which one well, it is. Well, it's uh, Cherokee at West Forsyth. I think um, it's that one. Okay. Or maybe it's Wednesday. No, it's. I think it might be the Wednesday game, the kickoff game. Uh, Parkview and Kell? Yeah. Okay. I think it's those two. Okay. I think that's the one they're doing. All right. Off the top of my head. I, I should – I could pull up the email, but – yeah, I'm sure my know. daughter's going to want to go to West Forsyth because she goes to Cherokee High School. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure she's going to ask the. That's going to be a fun game. There. You should head on up there, man. Uh, we were up there on Friday for their scrimmage. I didn't go to the scrimmage, but mm-hmm. uh, so they they scrimmaged Creekview. Okay. Um, on Friday, so they had their first scrimmage, and uh, also speaking of scrimmages, you see Dylan Rayola. Oh yeah. Buford. What was he? Uh, three touchdowns and 165 seven, yards. Yeah, it was seven for eight or six for seven or yeah, something, like and he one, had 135. Yeah, like a ridiculous well, amount of he yards. Had, and three he touchdowns. had this pass to KJ Bolden, 40, and it, I, I saw it from the sideline. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. And then I saw the the actual like full 22 of of like somebody who took it like up in like the top mm-hmm. of the stands, like coach film, and he threw it 45 yards, and he just flicked his wrist. And when I saw the sideline, it, it looked like it was just a, a regular pass. No. Kids has arm talent, and he is special. Well, uh, it'll be fun. So we got Corky Kell all weekend long coming up with uh, a little bit of Falcons football splashed in. All right, we got to get out of here. Abe Gordon coming up next. Appreciate, uh, Garrett, for everything that you did, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday evening. Chuckery out. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. 
Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.